Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park one right there. Yeah, it's funny. My teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like a ma- the master in the, you know, Padawan. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer. This week we are joined once again with Blake. Blake, how's it going? Outstanding. We haven't had an episode in a couple weeks and of course, training camp has been going on. So this is our second training camp episode. We'll just go over, you know, the big storylines so far, and you know, we got to have some risers and fallers, players who have looked good and players who have looked not so good. We're gonna just get right into it this week. We're not gonna, you know, no dilly dallying, no dilly dallying. Right into it. Okay. You know, we've kind of we've mentioned him before. You were on before the draft, after the draft. It's someone we both obviously loved, as pretty much everyone who follows the Packers, loved, and now it's just been proven. This is the summer of Romeo Dubs. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. You knew it. We knew it. It's, it's crazy. He's nice. It's one of the, you know, you sometimes put faith into something you're not 100% sure of. You know, it could be buying a new car or maybe following Jesus Christ. And I'm glad we're following Romeo Dubs. I don't think I can remember a player who... You know, right after we drafted him, I think everyone was kind of impressed with his tape. Past that, then it was the rookie minicamp. All you heard about was Romeo Dubs. Then it was OTAs, the regular minicamp, training camp, pads, preseason, Romeo Dubs. Uh, where where should we start here? What are starting off? Do you have like what you just said? Kind of like I just want to interrupt you right there. Then, but like you should. Um. Like, say, like, everything that he's been through, right? The OTAs, minicamp, training camp. You just heard about him. Everything. Pads are on now. You're still hearing about him. Mm-hmm. You saw him in the po- in the first preseason game. Like, unreal. Like, it's just, like, it's not like a blip, like a blip on the radar. Like, it's not just a blip. Like The the only blip he seems to have are his hands. His hands and his blocking, which is a little suspect, but I think that'll be, I mean, there's some drops a right offense, now, not the best. But, yes. like, 
Deva- like Devonte, like people forget Devonte struggled like his first two seasons of catching the ball, kind of. Yeah, well, Devontae and this kid's and already Jones. getting separation better than Devonte did early in his career. Yeah, it's it's early. That's a bold statement, but yeah, like it, he just like Ambry, like uh, what's his name, the corner for the 49ers. Ambry Thomas, yep. like that, or something like that. Yep. Uh he was cooking him. That kid was going to be a starting corner for the. For the 49ers. Right. And even in Saints practice when they've been going through it this week, like he's had a couple. Lattimore. Yeah. He's had a couple touchdowns. He had a big drop on a long play, but I'm very, very excited to see what Romeo Dubs is going to become. It's, you know, I feel like just seeing like little clips of him on Twitter in practice just, making these plays, it's very, the, very exciting. I think the floor is very high. That's what I would say. Yes. The floor's high. And we said it before, too, even you know before they were practicing and stuff, I thought you know Christian Watson, obviously he was drafted above him. I'd say he has a much higher ceiling, but Romeo Dubs has such a high floor right now. It's, well, we can get right into it. He's obviously been hyped way over the top already on Packers Twitter, beat writers, everything else. He's the darling. So I thought we'd jump right into it. Uh, Blake, where do you think Romeo Dubs is going to rank you know, all-time Packers history. We're looking kind of more receiving yards here, but it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of joke about it, but when you look at the guys that Rodgers has had, at least just Rodgers over the last decade or so, there's, I mean, he's, for instance, Jeff Janis, Jake Kumaro, they, you know, we we can say uh, Dubs is going to be better than both of them. Yep. Jared Boykin, Geronimo Allison, I think he's probably going to be better than those two guys. Yep. And those two guys are, you know, they're still kind of up there. They they were decent receivers. MVS. I think he's got the potential to be better than MVS. He might be better than MVS. I think he's right MVS now. right now. Like I, I, I like he gets out of the separation. He's a way better route runner. And that's where we're getting Period. into this like ultra hype. We're I'm being right, a little like sarcastic not, here, but it's that's a hyperbole. Like that like that's how I feel. Like it's he's already there. Like Yeah. And MVS, you know. Ups and downs. He still like explosive. has he's, explosive. He's the thirty-first most yards in Packers history. You know, we've been around for over a hundred years now. So then we're getting into still. James Jones. You know, is he going to be better than James Jones? I think he's got the potential to be right around there. And I think that's kind of the pocket. Randall Cobb. He's obviously still playing. Kind of. You know, he's older. Randall Cobb's still, like still a, a good slot receiver kind of thing. Like he's good. He was good. Watching Romeo Dubs, and this is where I'm going to kind of plant my flag. This is ultra optimistic which is kind of a change of pace for me i think romeo dubs is going to be a very similar player to greg jennings just the way he moves off the line he's a solid route runner very smooth like i said hands a little suspect but he could get that back together and it's a little ironic because one of the more underreported things this training camp greg jennings is going to be inducted into the packers hall of fame in two weeks and I feel it feels like Packers media or, you know, the team has tried to, like, temper down speaking about that because it is going to be an awkward, an awkward week when Jennings is in town. And, you yeah. know, last year there was a lot of talk with Al Harris and Charles Woodson when they got inducted and with Rogers still on the team. I think the Packers maybe a year ago when they announced it didn't think he'd still be around, but they've put out nothing to talk about Greg Jennings, but I don't know. I guess I rambled a little too long there. Blake. That's interesting. Romeo Dubs. That. So that's kind of shocking. Them out. Romeo Dubs. Um, on that list, he reminds me, like, the way he moves is kind of Donald Drivery. Like, that, like he kind of, like, moves like that, but he's bigger. He's, like, two inches taller than him legitimately, and mm-hmm. he's definitely a more top-end speed guy than Donald Driver ever was. And Donald Driver's a seventh-round pick, but he's, like, 
Dolph Driver, I think, is a top ten guy on here, isn't he? He's the number one receiver in Packers. Oh history, yeah, there yes. we go. Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. I was like, he's he's got to be up there too. And I'm like, he moves like him, but I think he's more talented. Yeah, well, it's a bold <sighs> statement, but that like, you know, it's so early. It's nice because and Rogers kind of got on the receivers last <clears throat> or yesterday, but. The way they're talking about him, like Matt LaFleur already said that you want, when the first time um, Dubs went up against Jair Alexander, he said you want to put your good players against good players. And Iron sharpens iron, baby. Saying that for a rookie is pretty damn impressive. The next big storyline to talk about with, with uh, training camp, the Packers' defense has mostly been dominating the offense. Rodgers had a quote the first day of practice saying that the offense won, and he said they'd probably be a little scarce to find more of those in the future. And that's about the only day that the Packers' offense has won, which, you know, two-time reigning NFL MVP, Rodgers, if he's, I don't think it's so much him struggling, but this defense and the offensive line not holding up too well. I can't remember this type of talk around the defense, you know, going back in time. It kind of reminds me of when Dom Capers first came to town, when he went from a 4-3 to a 3-4, that same, you know, that was much younger Rodgers. We didn't know what he was at the time. But the offense... That's a good comparison. That was the last time the offense really struggled in training camp, and we're seeing a similar thing, and it only took, you know, one or two years after that, and, you know, some really good things happened. So, I mean... It's only tweets we're really going off of, watching the first preseason game, but how do you feel about the defense right now? I mean, like, right now, like, we didn't even see any of the first-team guys outside of, like, Quay Walker, basically. Like, no yeah. one was really playing. Like, when they scored those, like, touchdowns early in the first half, too, like, that safety's not, like, who was that again? Like, uh, I believe it wasn't Gaines, but... Uh, that dude's, like, he's gone, sadly, but yes. he's gone. Like, you're gone. Like, he won't be playing. So, like... More than likely. Um, You gotta, like... You can kind of just take that defense with a grain of salt game one, I think, like preseason-wise. Yeah, they didn't most play anybody. Preseason's tough. It's kind of, you know, going off of what, what we're hearing from I guess, like, training in camp. training camp right now, like, especially this week already, what I've heard, they just look phenomenal. And um, more than anything, it's like the pressure up front, like, we're not really getting, um, like, we have the biggest question mark on offense right now is the offensive line. And at the same time, it seems like the defense and that front seven has really been performing. So it's a little bit like, okay, it seems like we're getting the rush going already. But how is it? Is it really that good? Is it the like, lack of the offensive line or is it just, you know, the talent that we finally have in the front seven? I think it's a combo. Like, um, I think it's a combo. The defense is definitely good. I think it's good. Um, as long as the as the starters can hold up, it yeah, seems like. for sure. Because uh, um, corner, I mean, the top end talent. Like if we're like starting though, like you go, I think we had eight or nine first round picks starting on defense. Like it's something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I've like project like that pre- could be projected to play. Like you know, basically they'll play some mint sl- snaps for sure. Yeah, I think we know. Well, yeah, we know what the starting defense is going to be, barring injuries. And like I've tweeted from the account a few times, every player. So there's Adrian Amos and Preston Smith on the defense. Every other player is either a first round pick, a pro bowler or an all pro. Yeah. So it's just it's one of those where I don't even think Joe Barry, he's probably the least, you know, Petten and Dom Capers. They're huge defensive minds in NFL history. They have, like, history behind them coming in. They've like, written books. Yeah. And Barry is kind of just a guy who got this job. He was a very bad defensive coordinators for the Lions and the Redskins back in the day. 
And now it's the thing we were saying last year when we hired him too is the biggest pro of Barry is that he's a player's coach and he plays to the strengths. And now when we've got such a talented defense, I think he's just letting them go out there and play it. Keep it simple, stupid, and success is probably going to continue. And we've seen it so far in training camp. Yeah, so It looks impressive. We'll see. I mean, the talent's there that I think they're going to be really good. And then, like... They they were good last year. Uh, they they can True. only go. They can only get better, honestly, with like development, internal development mostly. Right. But there aren't really new pieces. You added two like nice pieces for sure in the first round. Yeah. But are they both going to make like a huge splash impact? I don't know. But the defense was already good. And you just added more talent. Right. I don't think <coughs> I don't think we're going to see much from Wyatt this year, uh, as far as production goes. But Quay's obviously going to start, which is you know having two rangy inside linebackers and just getting rid that of the dime. That versatile. Yes. So, look very much looking forward to that. Yep. Sticking with that, the defense, the biggest, you know, kind of real competitions going on is on that side of the ball. We'll talk about the offensive line a little bit later. But the depth at corner, safety, and edge starting at corner. We obviously know who the three starters are. After that is Shamar Jean Charles, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, and Rico Gafford, who had the bad for – he had his ankles absolutely busted – against the Niners. Mm. So we'll see what happens there. It seems like Nixon has the lead because of his special teams play. Everyone knows he was brought in from uh, Rich Bisaccia with the Raiders last year. And, yeah. you know, other than that, Shme- Gene Charles, he's shown up a couple times and, you know, just going off of tweets from training camp from a few guys. But I don't a little a he's little bit fast. more. Yeah, he's fast and... Ugh. He was the guy that kind of uh, fell apart last year, too, against the Bengals. And staying in the secondary, Vernon Scott versus Sean Davis versus Enos Gaines. Gaines seems to be the odd man out currently, but he had a decent training camp last year, too. But Vernon Scott, he's been running with the ones. Him and Sean Davis have kind of gone back and forth. Davis was one of the free agent pickups as well. And Vernon Scott was a late-round draft pick or two years ago, I believe. Stayed on the, on the 53-man roster last year and didn't play too much at all, but... I don't know. Hopefully that dime safety, that dime defensive back, which has been safety in the past, um, doesn't you know have to play too much with Quay Walker coming in. But I don't know. I feel a little bit better with Vernon Scott and Davis than I did coming in. That seemed to be one of the weaker spots on the defense. But Blake, do you have any takes on these middling players here? Vernon Scott, like he's solid. I think he's like rotational if you gotta play him. You don't really wanna play him as your starter, but you know, he can do he's serviceable. And Sean Davis has shown some stuff, so that's nice. You got True. It's, it feel I feel better than like like you said, going into training camp where I'm like, Oh, if one of them go down, ooh, I don't know. Like safe safety's kinda of been tough this back half of the Rogers era in Green Bay. But man, especially the last few years. Since know, Collins. Really since Collins. I mean, we finally have the two starters there. You know, haha, wasn't it clearly. And then we've gone back and forth with like Raven Green and uh, Sean Richardson back in the day. All these kind of weird hybrid players. So I don't know. Hopefully one of these guys will, when having to play, not be the odd man out. Because that, you know, that Niners game too, the NFC Championship game back in 2019, they found the weak link. Oh my God, Redmond. Remember yep. Redman? He Will was Redman. he wasn't very good either. So it's nice that the defense doesn't seem to have that big hole right now, as far as as far as we can tell. Helps the front seven's good too. Absolutely. In keeping with that, the third edge, Jonathan Garvin versus Tabagaleo and Ladarius Hamilton. 
Kingsley, Inigbare, JJ, his name. Um, they've kind of been rotating as well. It's, Garvin had a slow start to camp, but now he's been running with the starters. Same with uh, Tippa and even Ladarius. He was starting at one point too. So once again, it's kind of that wide open position. Randy Ramsey got cut. Feel pretty bad for him. I mean, he came into training camp last year as a special teams ace. We thought he would at least make the team on that. Screws up his ankle, comes back a whole year later, and then gets cut after a couple of weeks. It's just it's tough. I can't imagine working a whole year to recover off of something like that. I think it, he broke his ankle and his meniscus or something got torn too. Practices for a week. I know he was injured even during training camp here, and it seems like his career unfortunately might be over but that's unfortunate not the sad stuff how do you feel about the third guy here any any big takes oh hamilton's got some buzz um no garvin i thought like he started slow like you said but he's back in there so like that's a good sign because it was weird that he was just not getting in there. I was I kinda, like he was first out of everyone, but mostly to get that third spot. It, that's what he should have been coming into training camp. And I forgot who brought this up, but he was also one of the guys who didn't show up much at the uh, OTA o- stuff during OTAs, okay. which is weird when you're an edge guy trying to you know you just make, make a, a roster, right? That's so, weird. but maybe that was part of why it was a slow start. And now he's starting to get more of those snaps. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see, and we'll talk more about. Uh, We'll you get know, into them a little later. A couple of those guys later. And, of course, you know, you can't talk Packers preseason the last few years without talking about Jordan Love. We obviously had the game against yep. the Niners last Friday. He had 176 yards. He was 13 from for 24. Had the three picks, a couple touchdowns. You know, only one of the pick really seemed to be his fault. Training camp and practice, it's been an up and down year. It was kind of a slow start, but... He did pretty well, it sounds like. His second practice against the Saints, he had, at the time, it sounded like last week, his best practice as a pro. I'm still pretty hesitant on optimism with Jordan Love. You know, I still really want him to be the next quarterback when Rodgers retires, whenever that is. But it's still mostly been no news and... A lot of, I don't know, excuse making. There's Rogers vouch for him today, too, saying that it was bad luck that, uh, you know, he had to play with the re- <laughs> the receiver play that he had against the Niners. But I don't know. It just seems like he throws too many interceptions. He doesn't have the best mechanics. And this was kind of, you know, the, the MO coming out of the draft, too, that this would be the type of problem that he would have. So, Blake... What's your vibe on Jordan Love right now? It's probably the hot button issue as far as you know Packer fandom is right now. Well, I think it happened in the first half of that preseason game. Honestly, it's just epitome is what I what I feel about him. I'm yeah, like, I don't even know. I just don't know yet. Right. Like I haven't seen enough. I think it's high, like real, like starter level competition kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but like on the fourth and three play that we score on the Romeo Dubs Tutty. Mm-hmm. The play before that. He missed a complete easy out route that would have been a first down to like Amari Rogers and just blew it. And it's like you could have got a first down there. And like that's probably what Rogers would have did. But yeah. you know, like you also just got the touchdown on fourth and three. And it's and you lo- you read that completely correct when they have nobody over the top. Yeah. And I'm like, man. Like, you got that talent, but you don't have the easy talent. It's like the mechanics and just the easy layups. He's not hitting layups. He's hitting, like, Steph Curry level threes where you're like, right. you can't make a layup, but you're hitting that, like, Hall of Fame level stuff. 
Like, yeah, like the the Danny Davis throw a, that touchdown was decent. Apparently, yeah. it that was I mean, a nice back shoulder. Watching it, it's like, well, it hopefully they were on it worked, so they were on the same page. Maybe it was Danny Davis like coming back and just knowing what was going on. But yeah, it's such a I guess, high ceiling, low floor. You know, right. it's, he's a very scary player. I guess like as a backup team. quarterback, I'm like, okay, he's like a decent, pretty good. He's a pretty right. good backup quarterback. I think like if he's just your backup quarterback right now, yep. like, he's pretty, he's pretty good for that. I was like going back to this game. I mean, two, three of those, two of those picks were like not really his fault. Right. I mean, he threw the like Romeo Dubs. He was one of the problems on in my, one of the picks. Like the one to like the Tyler Davis one. It was a little back shoulder, but you still got to catch that. He, yeah, that um, was one hundred percent Tyler Davis. It was like back. It was still there. It was right there, catchable. Yep. That's not on him. A little high. That's just I don't know. That was weird. So like I look at it like he's got he had two touchdowns in one pick mostly. You could say the second one, but that corner just played it well. I don't know. Romeo Dubs has got to catch the ball. It was behind him, but still, yeah. You got, you got, you got to pluck it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's just you know we had the training camps. He hasn't been too impressive this year. It sounds like he's been doing better, but obviously in the preseason games, he what he didn't light the world on fire last year against the Chiefs. He didn't play well, but he wasn't in the best situation. I think that one was just that was actually the like. I love Lafleur, but that was by far the worst game he's ever coached. It was one of them. He had a couple of his rookie He didn't help him at where, all. Yeah. He, I don't put that game on love at all. But then you have the Lions game where it's like, well. He's that was just, bad. He's, well, it was bad, but then it's like, well, he's playing with backups. Then it's the Niners game here, sure. and it's like, well, his receivers didn't run. It's like, at some point, he's going to have to be a good player. got to overcome. Like, it. you got to overcome these. 100%. Rodgers. This broke, happens to Rodgers. He overcomes. Yeah. Rodgers broke his foot like his rookie year. He Something that people don't talk about. You know, we've talked about Jordan Love and his first year at COVID and stuff. Well, right. well he didn't have COVID. You know, COVID was going right, on. But the season. Rodgers. People forget this. Mike Sherman was his first head coach, his first offense. Yeah. So he went from that, and then he had to learn a new offense under Mike McCarthy. So people seem to overlook that stuff. It's just, I really hope Jordan Love ends up being a good player. But right now, if I'm it would help the plan, a betting the man, be happening. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I don't think I'd bet on him being a phenomenal pro. And it's nothing against I him. Don't it's think just he's a third Hall of Famer, folks. And I just look at that too because I've gotten in arguments where people are very optimistic on, and I want him to be a great player. But you doesn't just, mean you can't be a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins won't be a Hall of Famer, but he's a pretty good quarterback. And that's where I'm kind of going at too. Is right now looking at him, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be as good as Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, that's fair. I don't like Kirk Cousins. We make fun of Kirk Cousins, sure. but he's a decent quarterback. You look at the Super Bowls. Every uh, since 1993, I want to say every quarterback who has won the Super Bowl is an MVP quarterback, whatever, aside from Joe Flacco, Brad Johnson, and Nick Foles. And Delfer. And it, yeah, and Delfer. And in all those games, they still put up over 30 points. And th- I'm just looking at the long-term goals of the Packers, and I just don't know if Jordan Love, from what we've seen right now, he can obviously get better, but it's still year three, and I'm not sure if he's capable of that. I agree. Uh, I agree. That's kind of where I'm at. But that play, like uh, like that... Literally, that series of events on that touchdown drive, mm-hmm. like literally encapsulates how I feel about it. Like you just can't hit the layup, but you made that read over the top perfectly yep. and just dropped a dime into a guy that just burned his guy. Kind of the coach killer. Talk, yeah, you know, I'm where, just like, shish. Yeah. Uh, moving on to just as important of an issue, we got to talk about it: the broken jugs machine. Jugs machines broke. Couple couple weeks ago, 
LaFleur was pissed off that the jugs machine, it was funny seeing the live tweets from reporters saying, oh, the Packers are trying something new with like wobbly punts for the punt returners to, <laughs> you know, try to learn right. that. And it turned turns out that the jugs machine was actually broken. Trash. And now the Packers are the first NFL team to get the seeker jugs machine, super robot Terminator generation 1.0. It's a, uh, very, very sophisticated piece of technology. I'm sure people have heard about it by now, but it has a built-in tracking uh, system that can literally study receivers and throw balls based off their movements. Th- you can program it based off like quarterbacks you're going up against, like how Kirk Cousins throws a fade in the end zone. You can literally, literally program this machine to wait as long as he drops back in the pocket and put as much air under it as Kirk Cousins does. Blake, I think you have some familiarity with uh, sporting equipment. What are your thoughts on this new jugs machine? I'm sure you saw it and how scary it is, the robot. Um, one, has technology gone looking. Has technology gone too far? And what are your overall thoughts on using this for football? Well, when I first saw the picture of this thing, it looks like a, like a war War machine, it's almost like, a, like it looks like. Looks like wh- you just fire missiles out of each spot. You're like, whoa! That it's or got a c- control pad on it. The the robots that they use, like uh, the Hurt Locker that yeah. like defuse bombs. It looks kind of like that. Yeah, too. exactly. And yeah. I'm like, this is wow. All right, this is ridiculous because the jugs machine. I like. I've used a pitching machine. Is a jugs machine. Sure. This is a football one. Yeah. I've used a pitching one, and it's just like two rubber wheels, and you control the speed a little bit. Yep. This thing's like you're typing in the coordinates and like you know Mul- what I'm saying. Multiple balls. There's yeah. there's other in- angles and with stuff this too. and rotation and it's just wild. Yeah. The other benefit they say is you know you can keep ten thousand throws a month off Aaron Rodgers' arms while still getting the ball to your pass catchers. It, there's something like you know you can have a thousand balls thrown in like an hour or whatever. It's just a ridiculous piece of technology. I mean, for that it makes sense. Like to like keep wear and tear off certain things if you can that's nice yeah i'm i'll be curious to see like in the next week it would be funny to see if like five more teams get these machines just after they learn that there's gonna be a huge case study on this whether it actually works as far as like replicating a quarterback's throw yeah what if like these guys are used to like the machine being a certain way and then rogers it's supposed to mimic rogers based off every like movement pattern and everything yep but it just like they're dropping actual rogers balls or something you know it's just like what yeah, I, Someone's going to do something like that. It, That's all I'm saying. I wonder <laughs> if it's going to be as good as promised. Because some of this shit, it's like, this is this is stupid. This is fit- futuristic bullshit. Those are just like the like holes I see enough logic to it. But We'll see. We'll you know, see. We'll see. Maybe this will be the key to you know, winning a Super Bowl. It'll be a test for us to study in a year. Absolutely. <laughs> and with that, we will have a quick commercial break. We are back. And, of course, it wouldn't be training camp without a segment or a topic that can easily organize what's going on. So, risers and fallers of training camp, these are the players who have had the most noise, either positive or negatively. Starting things off, you know, we could obviously talk about Romeo Dubs. We're not going to do that. We've talked too much about him as it is. Number one riser for me, at least, Rashawn Gary. He's really, since he's been in the league, maybe not his rookie year, Always lights it up during training camp. One-on-ones, he seems to be, like, the best guy in that drill. And even when they're doing 11-on-11s, he's always just, you know, assume sack is the tweet that you keep seeing about Rashawn Gary. I really wonder if he 
like has a good chance of being defensive player of the year. He's in his fourth year, obviously. So we'll pick up. We picked up that fifth year option, so he'll be back with us next year. But I'm it's a hell of a deal next year. I'm looking at you know I'd want to lock up Gary right now. He's still I believe he was first or second last year in QB pressures, and it sounds like he's only gotten better. Preston Smith has obviously talked him up. Everyone on the defense has for the most part, and Robert Tunyon, who came back this week, even said that he wants to get hit to feel like a football player again but added that Rashawn Gary is the one player that he doesn't want to get hit by. So, Blake, Rashawn Gary, thoughts? Well, on your, like, defensive player of the year potential, if you didn't if you didn't watch those Vegas lines, he came out at 75-1 to 1 before training camp or something. Oh, yeah? He's down to, like, 25-1, to 1, I Ooh, think, last, last time I heard go. or something. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, shit, should have bought the dip. quickly, real quick, you know. Um, As far as, like, him, like, wow. Like, his development like year on year right now just stacking things is incredible yeah like yeah lock him up now because like if he goes off this year you're only gonna get like a worse deal technically and not like like, they can't afford him because they didn't pay Devontae. so i'm always like well just pay this guy yeah because he's gonna be of an impact like that just on a different side of the ball a premier edge guy right like pay him yeah it's it's tough because like you said we didn't pay Devontae, but these edge guys make a shit ton of money too and right now this premium position premium position but the big free agent we have this offseason, I believe, is Elton Jenkins. And I, I'm very curious to see what type of deal he gets. But we'll have to see if literally where he plays this season. But yeah, Rashawn Gary, and we've talked about him a lot, Bane Gary. I feel like he's found that nice like line. The offseason is obviously over, but his like training camp or his training videos he posts, he's found like the perfect, like, okay, I'll do once a week. And I'm like, okay, good. That's not the more egregious type of guys who you see like every every single day um moving on faller and it's not really his fault but i had to add it anyways david bakhtiari i think we're all a little you know nervous still we're about three weeks into training camp and he still has not been taken off the pup list uh obviously earlier this week christian watson robert tunyon and elton jenkins were but david bakhtiari is still with the rehab group it's looking, you know, we're about a month away from week one. I was going to say that. We got about a month. And I don't think David Bakhtiari is going to be on the Green Bay Packers suited up week one. And that's it's to the point where, you know, that's not even a bold statement. So I'm just going to bring it up to you here, Blake. Do you think Bakhtiari plays again for the Packers? I think he plays again. Um, is he impactful again? That's interesting. Yeah, it'll. It, I mean, just the rust alone is going to be tough. He played well against Detroit last year, and he said it's not an ACL issue anymore. It's just, you know, how much, uh, not water, but the the fluid in fluid. There. I was going water, liquid, whatever the yeah, hell's he in his knee. Fluid built up after every like session of like extraneous activity. Yeah, and he's up to I believe he's had three procedures done at a minimum since he tore that ACL. So it's. It's, you know, we talked about wanting to sign Gary this year. Well, we see what kind of happened with David Bakhtiari when we signed that deal. And I believe just two weeks later is when he tore his ACL. And I don't know, it's tough, but... It is tough. Hold my breath. But once Bakhtiari gets back, I do think he'll get back eventually. But man, is it tough right now. I see week four 
Like, I think he's back week four. That's, like, another month in. Like, I think, like, he might be back then. Yeah. I, like, <sighs> encouraging things. He doesn't look out of shape when you see him in, like, Twitter videos on right. the sideline and stuff. He could be just, like, god-awfully looking out of shape. He doesn't, like, it's, <laughs> it's true. He's a lineman. It just is what it is. Those guys are just bigger guys. They can get out of shape a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, But it's with, and I, you said, you know, week four, I I think if he isn't ready or on the team week one, I would think it would be week five because he would stay in the PUP, which is changed from six games That's to four fair. games. That's true. That's and fair. I guess if if I were a betting man right now, I'd say he'd start the year in the PUP and then week five. That makes sense. Which is over in That's London. probably what will happen. He'd either start that one or the one after. So I think he'll we'll dress see. that one, but he won't play yet over there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they try something like that too, kind of like, like what if, they were doing. Especially like Nigel, he's not bad. Like. That's a thing. It's nice and serviceable. Right. And we'll get into that right now, actually. Risers, talking more about the offensive line, Elton Jenkins and Zach Tom. I guess I'll just mention them all together here. I have risers as Elton and Zach Tom and fallers, Sean Ryan and Royce Newman. So right now, you know, we're week three of training camp and looking forward to week one for the Packers, going from left to right. I would say it's going to be Bakhtiari or Yash at left guard. It would be John Runyon, who's really ran with the ones all of training camp. He's only been spelled a couple times for Zach Tom to come in at the left guard spot. Myers has been the dude at center the entire time. I thought maybe Zach Tom would start there, but actually he's, uh, I believe that's the one position he hasn't practiced at. And then right, stud. right tackle. It looks like Elton Jenkins, who's back playing there probably going to be his spot and then it's really right guard and that once again comes down to Zach Tom, Sean Ryan and Royce Newman it seems like. Newman, you know, he was a mid-round pick last year and I feel like he gets a lot of flack for his play, but he's still a decent player for where he was drafted. But Sean Sean Ryan who was a third-round pick, you know, obviously Zach Tom I believe is a fifth-round pick. You would like for the higher drafted guy to make more of a noise, but Zach Tom stepping in as a rookie and playing multiple spots. If I were to bet right now, it seems like he might be the starter week one at right guard, but shit, it could be Jake Hansen as well, who's had some run with the starters. A little all over the place there, but right guard is kind of the last battle between those guys. Blake, do you have any thoughts on the right guard battle for the Green Bay Packers? The line's interesting overall. Um, and they've been getting but, their ass kicked. Yeah, like they're just so they think they're moving so many parts almost too much now. Uh, like, I don't it know. it's tough. It's it's tough because well, like their defense is good, and then they're moving all these parts, and like it doesn't help them, I guess. Yeah, it's you know because you could say that, but Elton Jenkins, it obviously worked, but he's you know how often does that happen? But it seems like True. Zach Tom is also benefiting from moving him around, but at the same point. That might not be helping Newman out, who's moved from guard to tackle back to guard. I guess, like, all of a sudden with, like, Elton back, and he's going to probably play week one, obviously, it's looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays Zach Tom at, like, right guard. Newman's not bad, but Zach Tom, I just think, everyone is so high on that draft pick. Yep. It's quite interesting to me that everyone's so high on that. And then he's, like, he's he's going all over the line and, like, they're just trying him out everywhere, and he seems like he could play almost anywhere. You don't hear a bad thing about him at a certain position. Right. And then you put him in on the right side with Elton all of a sudden. Now the right side's like a strong side for you all of a sudden. It used to be the left side. Now it's the right side. Yeah. Um, not that Nijman isn't nice, but like he's not Bach at the moment. Like like yeah. old school Bach, I guess. It's 
And once again, with the Packers offense, it seems like we're going to go more towards a running team, perhaps. Rodgers made the comment earlier this week that they need to have their best 11 on the field. We've heard that with having the best five on the field for the offensive line. But with the 11 comment, it's he was insinuating that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will be on the field a bit more, running the ball a little bit more. You know, I do like Zach Tom, but I'm wondering, too, because he's not the biggest guy. All these guys are a little bit smaller. If you can bust Elton and put him at right guard, and then if once Tom gets a little bit more familiar, put him at right tackle, that seems a little bit more, you know, well-rounded for a running and passing team rather than just kind of a pass-blocking team, which the team was for the longest time under McCarthy. And I think we have struggled the last couple, of, well, mostly last year, run-blocking of the offensive line. So, Yeah, not a ton of mashers, really. Right. You know, if we could just clone Elton Jenkins, that would be nice. That would be incredible. Uh, moving on to risers. Amari Rogers and Juwan Winfrey. Juwan Winfrey really broke out at the beginning of training camp, running with the ones. And Amari Rogers, who that first preseason game had a, you know, a very good kick return. I believe it was for around 50 yards. And then at the touchdown grab, too. He's a little more spry. He lost 16 pounds this offseason and a little bit more comfortable, not only, you know, on the offense, but. Obviously, we were holding our breath just about every time he received a punt last year. So what are your thoughts on those guys? Um, What kind of season especially do you see Amari having? And do you, what do you think, how many receivers are we going to keep? That's obviously a big, big issue as well, yeah. Um, What kind of season do I see Amari having? Is he going to make the roster? Um, I think... I think he has to make the roster as a specialist alone because he's okay, so he's, he's been running trainer. with the ones. Watson did um, have some uh, snaps with the special teams units just, this week, but I look at it like this: like if you're like one of these guys is gonna get picked up by a team for sure because one's gonna get dropped. Um, is how I see this one. Yeah, it like Winfrey I think has a higher chance of like going somewhere and like actually like not really making us pay but like making us go well he's a better player. He's just that prototypical he just looks wide like out. It. Yeah. Um how many wide outs? I guess 6 is what I would keep, but I could see him going for 7. Yeah, cuz obviously, you know, cuz Rogers not feeling every almost like he's not feeling it with everyone and he's not feeling it with no one either. So it's like hmm. Because, you know, it's very easy. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, Sammy Wa- Watkins. Watkins, we'll see. It Watson seems like he's pretty, dubs. you know, he didn't that's suit five. up. And then Watson, Dubs, that's five. And then it's, okay, are you going to keep both Amari and Winfrey? We cut Malik Taylor today. And then there's still Danny Toure. Davis and Samari Toure, who have had decent camps back and forth. I would think Danny Davis and Toure are most likely going to end up on the practice squad. If nothing else, Juwan Winfrey, if we cut him, you can almost guarantee he's going to go to Denver with the injuries they've had. Yeah, Daniel Hackett he won't be on a practice offense. squad. He'll be playing on a team. I would, I would think so. I and mean, we've obviously said this in the past about other training camp receiver darlings, Tory Gurley, uh, DeAndre Borrell, I believe his name might have been. But yeah, we'll we'll see more of an exciting position at least for competitions here. But and then moving on from someone who hasn't been as good of a pass catcher, a faller, Tyler Davis. He came into training camp with some hype, had a limited snaps last year, but he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I read one of the articles from PackersNews.com where this offseason he was the first guy in and the last guy out at the stadium, allegedly. 
But Interesting. not a lot of talk during training camp with him. Not a lot of big plays. He obviously had the drop in the first preseason game that led to an interception, and he's had some, you know, bad plays during training camp as well. So we'll have to see there. I was a little surprised to see Dominic Daphne get cut. And that was we'll, weird. And we'll have to see if Trevor, if Tyler Davis, God, Trevor Davis, if Tyler Davis will make the team as well. But you have any real Davis takes here? Probably not, Blake. I mean, we haven't seen too much of him. He's got a gigantic nose. Just, I will say that. He's the guy that, he's the one that missed the pick, or like missed the catch, right, that I said? Yeah, against uh, the Niners. And now with Tunyon back, I think a lot of us were expecting him to start the year on the PUP. Davis is a lot less, you know, I'm not as excited about him now when Tunyon is pretty much going to come in and take those snaps that he would have if Tunyon was obviously on the PUP. so list. much hype. And now, it's, I don't know, it just seems like he's not going to make it. Yeah, if nothing else, he has been on the first team for special teams on the kickoff and you know punt units. So we'll see what happens there, but not not too optimistic at with him going forward. Uh, another riser, I you know I had listed a couple guys at edge and then the defensive lineman. I just switched it to the front seven depth. Uh, defensive line: Jaron Reed, T.J. TJ Slayton. They've shown up during training camp and Slayton even during the preseason game. Then you still have Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton, who, you know, just balled out in that preseason game. Um, so that depth, I I said this, I think our defensive line depth might be, and this is taking you back, Blake, you might remember this, it might be the best line depth we've had since 2007. Maybe there's a better line in there, but I just think back to those days when 11. it was Aaron Campman, KGB, Corey Williams, who people forget, we put a second-round tender on him and traded him to the Cleveland Browns. Ryan Pickett, Johnny Jolly, Colin Jenkins, and Colin Cole. That was a pretty fucking good—I mean, that was a 4-3, but that was a pretty solid defensive line right there, and it seems like these guys might challenge them for— I would only say 11 maybe is better. Yeah, it's it's, it's got, tough with Raji. It's got uh, and, Raji, and then, you know, I think it still has Jenkins, right, and Pickett. Yeah, but then there's like Jarius Wynn and um, but um, Clay Matthews C.J. Is Wilson. Like, a beast, like compared to all of them guys on there. Yeah, I guess it's that's tough. That's the thing. Yeah, it's tough because I'm thinking more of the bigger guys on the actual D-line. And I that's mean, it's fair. pretty much the same thing with 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other guy I just wanted to talk about, uh, well, two guys. Kobe Jones, he was an undrafted player last year. Hopped around with a few teams. Packers signed him in the offseason. And he's had some snaps with the ones when Preston or Gary have had to take a breather. And then there's uh, J.J. Enigbare, the fifth-round pick out of South Carolina. He's one of the guys, so I really like Romeo Dubs. The other guy I really like out of this draft was J.J. He seemed to be the last edge rusher that kind of had a lot of hype. And watching his tape, he just looks like a fucking football player. Very slow start to camp, like most rookies on the edge or defensive line. You know, we haven't heard much about Devontae Wyatt. But J.J., the last week, the preseason game, he had a sack. He's had tackles for losses. And now the last week of training camp practices, it seems like he's getting a sack every single day. So I'm really looking forward to him. I love the depth we have on the front seven of the defensive line. Blake, you have anything else to add here? Do you like J.J. the jet plane? Love him. Like, the reason I love him is not that he's, like, going to be, like, an impact guy. Like, like he'll play right away probably, I think. Mm-hmm. Probably he's going to, like, pop off your screen crazy or anything. He's going to set the edge nice and that yeah, kind of I, thing. Yeah, I doubt we'll see much of him this year. Um, I like him because he was, like, first team all SEC two years ago. And I think he's, like, he knows how to play football. And I don't know. I just think he's going to be okay. 
Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Because, and it's the stupid shit you hear as well. Because, um, <laughs> Rashawn Gary said it kind of brought him back to his rookie year. Rashawn Gary remembers always texting or calling Zadarius, and he said he remembers one time he called Zadarius and he was at like the movie Lion King or <laughs> something, and you know he's just asking tips and something. And he says it's been a similar thing with Kingsley, how he's always in his ear asking questions and little tips along the way so that's very encouraging one you know physical guy he didn't have a very high RAS score which is whatever but the fact that he has that everything right he has that motor he has that drive very excited you know I'm very excited to see what once again not I don't think this year he's gonna have a I'd be very surprised with that because rookies it takes a while but I think like next year and the year after he's gonna be he's gonna be better I respect the RAS score but I would like I was I respect the RAS score, but uh, I'd like to see the RAS scores of like a Patriots team. Well, yeah, I, you know I don't what I know. mean. I don't know. Most teams kind of lean that way, but something else. Uh, JJ's RAS was very similar to what Zadarius Smith's was uh, before that. So we'll see. Hopefully, he can replace him. Probably not this year, but down the line. And the last thing we'll talk about here for the risers and fallers, fallers of course. And if we're talking about things that aren't, uh, you know. As productive as they should be on the Packers, of course, it's the special teams, Ugh. specifically the specialists. Steven Wordle, the long snapper the back half of last year, was cut. Yeah, Jack Coco good. is the only long snapper remaining. Uh, Gabe Barrett, Burke, I can Burkich. never, we never had to Burkich. learn how to really say his name. He got cut. Sounds like he got hurt during warmups and had that terrible field goal attempt during the game. Oh, that was him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the kicker last game. That was so bad. He even got the bar stool treatment where they just posted his kick. But the tunnel was like 15 yards past the goalpost. If if the goalpost was (laughs) twice as wide, he still would have missed. I don't think I've seen a worse (laughs) kick. Yeah, bring me back to like the Dave Rayner days, I want (laughs) to say. But uh, yeah, so he was bad. And then uh, Ramirez? Ramiz? Ramiz Ahmed? Yep, he signed. He was a, uh, not AFL, uh, XFL, one of the league USFL. Play- USFL, he had a 61-yard field goal earlier this year. And he's had a pretty decent camp as, you know, he's only been here the last week, but I believe yesterday he had three field goals made over 50 yards. So either way, hopefully well, Crosby can get back sooner than later. I feel like later, you but can't miss that far left. I'm just feeling it. <laughs> I just, the, the odds of that are unreal. Uh, one thing I think Wordle, he just had to be cut. He literally cost us that playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel so bad for that guy, too, even after. He's in the Brandon Bostic range. Yeah, he's lucky he's the long snapper and no one really knew. And, uh, you know, uh, Henry Henry kind of missed the block on that play as well. But Wordle got absolutely demolished. It was, I don't even, I feel bad. I don't want to have to talk about Steve Wordle ever again. But, uh, yeah, that's, those are the risers and fallers. Blake, do you have anything, anyone else coming to mind for uh Riser follower here. I mean, we talked enough about Jordan Love. Risers he's he's kind of a riser or follower. Risers and followers. Like, I don't think we covered him in the defensive like front seven part. Maybe mm-hmm. you probably you probably ramble his name, but T.J. Slayton. I think he is going to be so underrated as an impact guy this year. Yeah, that no one's really talking about. I've seen some Twitter stuff, but like he was really nice in that preseason game. Like he was on the ones at the beginning of the game because they're like most of the starting line wasn't playing. Yep, but he was blowing stuff up, and you're like, this is interesting. Yeah, he's a massive human being. We know he's very, very athletic. He's athletic for he, how big he is. Yeah, he can dunk. You can do a windmill dunk or whatever the hell right. it was. And yeah, with him, because he's the other big boy. And if he can put it together and be a decent player and, you know, 
bring all the tools together and actually be productive. If we can keep him at nose and move Kenny to end, Ugh. that's pretty nasty. That's Along with, you know, Reed, who's had a very well, good training like, camp as well. Yeah, I I would be very excited to see that like defensive Dave, line. Like, he's going to play, but uh, oh my goodness. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah. Um, you know, like, he's not on the risers because he's just, like, playing already at the ones. Um, he's he's mostly been with the twos and the backups training camp. Devon, Wyatt as well, I don't anticipate him being much of an impact player this year because it's really, really, you know, like wide receivers, defensive linemen, and edge players, for the most part, those guys take a little bit longer to get up to speed in the NFL. I guess I see them being like flash guys where they're not playing every down, but they're like if you have to bring them in, like they're gonna flash. That's yeah, what, that's what I see. Like it's gonna keep like the defense at the same talent level and like productivity level, even when you don't have your top like three guys on the field. True. That's I mean, all I'm saying. I would like him to be the weakest link of the defense yeah. rather than like we talked about that's earlier. That's what I'm like, saying. You gotta like slide someone out and keep someone somewhere. Like he could totally do it, and that's impressive. True. Very true. Yep. Um. Other than that, mm. no, you don't have anyone else. That's it. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, wow, it worked. Uh, with that, we'll be right back with take news. Take news. Football time. <laughs> All right, take news slash, hey, we're stealing your content for the week. Uh, Robert Tunyon, a week or two ago, was on Bustin' with the Boys with uh, Will Compton, who played for Rich Bisacci last year. Anyways, uh, Robert Tunyon was on there, and he's a pretty chill, lax dude, but he did say a couple things that were surprising, most notably this clip here, specifically talking about the grind of the season and kind of the mindset of the team, specifically talking about the Packers last year, and just trying to keep the vibe up while still playing in the playoffs. You know, we've been to the NFC Championship three times. Like, what re- what do we really need to break through that last, like, wall to get to the Super Bowl? And I think it's just, like, the consistency of staying ourselves, like, for a longer period of time. Because, like, we come out hot. We, you know, we win those close games, yada, yada. And then we get like towards the end of the season and we're just like, man, fuck this. Like, but like we're a 13 and three, 14 and three football team. Like that's our identity. Like we're a winning football program. Like why do we get like down on ourselves? Like as like time progresses or like the weight of the season gets on us. Like that's not us rehabbed in Green Bay, did my surgery in Green Bay. I got to see that. And what's what was hard was like we stopped being ourselves later on in the season. So I think just like the consistency of being ourselves and like staying true to us for a longer period of time, I think that is where like is going to take the next step. So Blake, after hearing that, uh, really weird to hear a player be that honest about like the mindset of a team that kind of struggled and has struggled the last few years in the playoffs but interesting what are your thoughts on hearing Tunyon say that like the Packers stopped being themselves that late in the season that's weird it's a weird quote um as far as I don't know I don't really see it like last year like the 49ers is like we were like a weird matchup Yep. Um. They're always just a weird matchup for us. Yep. Um, 
And then the year before that, play the Bucks. Like if Kevin, like Kevin King, doesn't like you know do some things, like we probably win the game. I mean, I don't know. But it's like shouldn't shouldn't these teams like the Kevin King thing? You know that happened at half the Niners game the year before. Like you know, they, bad they start. Be it's like, like, but shouldn't a team that's a thirteen and three football team be able to you know get over these hurdles easier than? These teams we've seen, you know, last year struggling in the cold, the special teams, offense not being able to do anything. Tunyon was on the offense. I mean, was playing. And then the previous year, the big king thing happened at halftime, couldn't recover. Uh, Aaron Jones getting hurt and all that as well. Is it just like, I don't want to say they give up, but Tunyon doesn't give you the best vibe there saying that, like, some guys just kind of say, fuck it, you know? It's interesting. Like True. They're definitely like... They need to like take another step, obviously, um, to get over the hump. Uh, as far as like what that entails, uh, like the Kevin King thing is just weird. Um, obviously, like in sixteen, it was like Brandon Bostic. Um, yeah, you know, not to mention it again, but like, um, yeah, it's just I don't really blame it on any one thing, but I kind of get what he's saying. Yeah. At the same time, like these are just like anomaly events. I feel like where it's just. Uh, You'd like to think very unfortunate. He doesn't make you think. You shouldn't be in that situation if you're like that good of a team for that long. I agree. Mm -hmm. You should like just win the game. But football is a weird sport. Yeah, and I guess he goes on to say, you know, that now that he watched from the outside, he'll know what to do while being a player. You know, this year, but. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully, we'll we'll be. Bl- <laughs> I'll take his word for well, it. Well, like, do we want to go thirteen and four or whatever? Like, what what do you want the team to be next year? I mean, this is just off off the top of the dome, but because it's like I don't I don't even know if I want to be a front runner. I think I said it after we lost in the playoffs last year, but it's like I do want We've home been the field. But maybe we just need a different type of energy like going into the playoffs. I don't think like there's any one front runner in the NFC, right? I just I feel like there's a top two. Well, yeah, teams. no one's played. Yeah, <laughs> but I just like talent wise, I don't think there's like a. This is the team. Yeah, you know, I just don't see it. Um, but just for the mindset of a football team, it's like being the front runner hasn't been good for them, and it's almost like they have to stay hungry yeah, going you into need the playoffs. Chip to keep on it your going. shoulder, I think, in football is a big thing. That's why like teams that get hot late in the season are well, just such a, like a weird. Like, well, I mean, just the Niners. To, tough the to Niners were the example of like that it's last a confidence year. thing, and they have a chip on their shoulder because of the regular season. They weren't that yeah. good, but like now they're rolling. Like True. you know, things like that. Yeah, I don't know, like it's got to swing your way on luck, and then at the same time, you got to just be good. Yeah, and just and stay being good. Like you got to be consistently good. True. Now thirteen and three and thirteen and four is consistently good, but you just gotta you gotta keep doing it. You know? True. True. That, that's the mindset that it's gotta be. You gotta you gotta keep doing it, guys. Come on, we're yeah, all just you know, <laughs> just still very strange to, to hear a it's football just, player. Yeah, it's just interesting. Something like that. So like, yeah. Uh, but with that. We'll move on to everyone's favorite part of the episode. If you could please leave a five star review, that would be very cool. Uh, you can do it on Spotify now too, but if you got a fucking iPhone, do that on iTunes. That would be very awesome if you did that. You know, we we spend some time putting this all together with equipment and recording and editing and all that. You know, just throw us a bone. We haven't had a review in a while, and of course, if you leave a review and you want one, you can take a screenshot. We'll give you a free koozie. Just email it to us at pmppodcast at gmail.com. Free koozie. Or DM us on Twitter at pmppod. If you just want one, I mean, shit, you can probably just DM us too and I'll send you one. Uh, but with that, 
the Packers do have their last pre or their last their second preseason game on Friday against the Saints, who they've practiced against. That game is at seven o'clock. We could try to preview that, but I'm not going to. Blake, I figure we can end on this. Nah, I don't want to preview it. What's your favorite? Who is your favorite Packer preseason Packers player? Rather, it being a play or just someone who like made a name, but is strictly known as a preseason preseason guy. Like it all time. Yeah. Hmm. I'll start then. J. Ron Elliott. He was my dude. There's been these other like edge guys, Vic Soto back in the day. Uh and Andy? And yeah, Andy Malumba. He was another one. But J. Ron Elliott, he was like the special he ended up being the special teams ace for the Packers. But I can still remember watching the third or fourth preseason game, I think, that year. And it was Packers in St. Louis against the Rams. And three out of four plays, J. Rowan Elliott got a sack. And there was like, it was preseason. There was like an interview going on and it, it was an away game. So like the commentary just didn't mention it at all. But on the background of this interview, I'm like, this dude just fucking had three sacks out of four plays. I doubt you'll ever see that again. But he was always, he's the guy I think of. And I mean, there's a bunch of others. But who do, who do you think of for your? That's tough. There's an easy one. There's a layup right here. You think so? Yeah, you're white. Think of another white person who caught the football. Oh, I mean, you could say uh, Kumaro. Oh, God, no, Blake, Jeff Janice. Janice. Kumaro, Kumaro Janice works. at least, like, has, like, a playoff, like, touchdown. That's true, but... Like, but Kumaro he, never, like, steps on a field yet. That's true, but Jeff Janice, he was, like, the preseason... He had like some type of boost on in preseason because he ended up having, I believe, five preseason touchdowns in three seasons of football and like 300 something yards. I think over half of his catches were touchdowns in the preseason back in the day. That's wild. People forget, you know, it's it's not like he it's funny because obviously everyone talks about Devontae Adams, you know, the whole cut Adams uh, start Janice crowd, which was obviously ridiculous those are some wild people folks but it's just funny because while that's going on you see jeff janice having like three touchdown catches in the preseason and Devontae's like struggling <laughs> practicing yeah. or whatever and then you see Devontae turn into the best receiver in the league but uh preseason football exciting stuff right blake yep it's uh energizing yeah <laughs> it's football it's like you look forward to football, you get the first preseason game, it's like, okay, after that, you're just ready <laughs> you're like, for the regular season. Watch the first half of the first game, and then you watch <laughs> that second half, and you're like, oh, yeah, let's uh, a couple uh, weeks go in here and get going. That's not true. You're a, you're a true gamer, I'm sure. Oh, I do. I watched the whole thing, too, but I'm yes. saying <laughs> the The Elling, the Sam Elling show, Ugh. beast. But with that, Blake, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Uh... No, I am excited to finally see. Uh, hopefully, Christian Watson get out there soon. Yeah, I didn't. Th- yeah, I didn't think of that so much. It'll you didn't really be... touch on him, but like I'm, I like I do. Like, it's exciting it's that so he's like dubs. practicing and stuff, and he's back off the thing with Elton, so he's like kind of on that trajectory. Yep. So that's kind of cool. It's. I, I don't know. I don't even expect much out of him, but I forgot. To, just, I forgot to, to be say out there is nice. Dubs has been so good that Christian Watson has turned into the bonus receiver of this year. We haven't even thought of him. He was a second-round pick. He's technically the higher pick and the more talented person, technically. he's the bonus at this point. Uh, But with that, now I really don't have anything else. Blake, do you have anything else? That's truly it. Okay. Well, Eric Huskinen, please don't sue us.
you outstanding cool how was driving your car today uh, i hate traffic but my car is dope did you have any close calls with squirrels Nah, i live less than a mile from work so chances are a lot lower for me than most people to hit squirrels yeah i guess just because of drive time yeah exactly okay do you like slow down and brake for them or are you all out and maybe even swerve to try to you know destroy the little critter no i'm not that cool but i do just kind of keep going Okay, well, that's a little cold. Like, where I'm from is, like, Ruralville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they say there's a deer, it's actually, like, you shouldn't slow down. You should just smoke it. That's true. That's, so, what, that's what they say on freeways. I mean, maybe a little dirt road you could slow down and not cause Yeah, you're probably more. not going that fast. True. But on a highway, you should just smoke it blatantly, I guess. True. There you go. Fun People fact. People have told me that. I have really not hit anything yet, truly. You know, I, like, I think I hit a cat one time, like, in the dark <laughs> at night. I'm oh dead God. serious. Okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 